0: Welcome to another three and D show. As always, I'm Mark King. Got another big show for you guys today. The Grizzlies won. The Grizzlies have won a few times since we last spoke. They beat the Clippers, which I will always take that. I will always take the beating the Clippers over anything else. <laughs> Uh, I guess even if your your idea is a tank, but that's okay. Uh, they and they, they won against the Lakers uh, last night. I'm recording this on Thursday night, but Wednesday night they won against the Lakers. So let's uh, we're, we're gonna talk about the win against the Lakers. We're gonna talk about uh, this idea of uh, the Grizzlies, how how bad the Grizzlies are at basketball. We're to give you uh, some some facts and let you know just how, how not good they are. Uh, a little injury update on some of the Grizzlies. Uh, the Grizzlies game against us, the Suns, which was on Tuesday night of this week. Uh, and then this idea of trading Tyreek. So we got a lot to get to today, a, a big show. Um, but first I want to talk about this Grizzlies, this win against the Lakers. Um, it was actually a really good game for a lot of the young guys. They played, played, played well. Um, Mario Chalmers saw minutes, which was weird. I don't get that. I don't get the uh Mario Chalmers DNP P C D and then 25 something or 22 minutes uh against the Lakers. I don't get that at all. And and this is the reason why is if you're going to let Kobe play, Kobe Simmons play, you're gonna let Kobe get those minutes and just let him get those minutes. There's no need to go back to Mario Chalmers. I mean, when guys know they have they have a certain, you know, they're going to go in at the 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 six minute mark in the first quarter or the four minute mark in the first quarter. And they're going to play until the, you know, the 10 minute mark in the second quarter or whatever the rotation may be when they know that, you know, that, that goes a long way uh to just getting them ready every night. So I know we always say, you always say like, you got to be ready, but that just, you know, I don't get it. If you're going to be done with Mario Chalmers, be done with Mario Chalmers. Uh, but he did play. He wasn't terrible. He hit a couple threes. Uh Actually, I think he only had one three. Uh, but it wasn't terrible, but I don't want to spend time on Mario Chalmers. Uh, Jarrell Martin, 20 points, 8 rebounds. Uh, his best Grizzlies game yet? I, I think so. I- I'd-, I'd be hard-pressed to find another game as good as that one last night. But, um, you know, the problem with Jarrell is just has always been inconsistency. He He's never been consistent at-, at-, at any point. So while I love the fact that he got 20 points and 8 rebounds, I think there are still very, very glaring, obvious weaknesses in his game you know his, his defense he's got terrible hands he can't really catch the ball good in a pick and roll in tight situation, tight spaces um and then you know again he doesn't he doesn't get to play the Lakers every night the Lakers are, are bad the Lakers are not good at basketball um for some reason they they didn't play Julius Randle all that much I thought that um he did a really good job in the first half against the Grizzlies and they didn't they just went away from him so that was that was weird. I didn't get that at all. But uh, but you know, great for the Grizzlies uh, that uh, Luke Walden decided not to do that. Um, Tyreek Evans, thirty two points, seven rebounds, seven assists, just another huge game for Tyreek. I mean, he's just. I mean, he is doing insane things right now. I mean, you know, career thing, career percentages uh, on across the board of a for a lot of what Tyreek is doing. So he he's he's something that the Grizzlies did not think they would have the beginning of the season. I mean, they thought there would be like a you know, that the whole idea when we, we first started doing this podcast and we were writing about it in the summer was that Tyreek was going to be the super six man of the year, the super sub for the Grizzlies because you're going to have Mark and Mike and you're going to have all these people they're going to implement new athletic people and you know, he's going to come in and just score the basketball, but you know, the way things have gone, he's been asked to do things that Probably he didn't think he was gonna be asked to do it at the beginning of the season, but now, you know he's just scoring like a he, he's doing everything. He's scoring like a crazy person, and that's something the Grizzlies did not think they would have. And they've gave him a they, they have given him a trade piece, a trade asset when the Grizzlies basically have none to to deal with. And so we'll we'll talk more on that later. But for him to come in this season and do what he's doing is amazing. Uh, he's playing better than he's he's played. I think probably ever, I mean, I know he's got a lot of career highs. I think his rookie season was, was, was pretty good too. Um, but he's playing, he's pretty, pretty damn good. Um, Marc Gasol, only 11 points, um, four of 10 shooting. Uh, I'd have to look this up. I know for, I can't remember the exact number on the, on the, against the Suns, but he was not good. Um, he was not very efficient. Um, he got to the line quite a bit, he got to the line maybe nine or 10 times. So the points were there. I want to say he had 17 or 18 points on against the Suns game. I, again, I don't have the box score in front of me, I just have the Lakers box score. Um, but uh, he he wasn't terribly efficient in that game either. So, you know, the problem with Mark is that he, I mean, and the Lakers are doing a hell of a job of it in that first half. They were literally selling out to, every single uh, every single time mark touched the ball they were selling out to the double team they were just bringing two and three guys as soon as he touched the ball and just crowding him and making him pass the ball and he he, he did not handle it well but the the, the the Lakers were just selling out to him selling out to the double team and so I um it, you know, because the Grizzlies don't have shooters uh, and they don't have people around Mark that can really, um you know, really attack the basket or really, you know, there aren't, you know, there's some, some of the guys are good at cutting, but, you know, a lot of people just stand around when Mark's out there. And so he's getting double teamed because no one else is going to do anything. And so um, they don't have to worry too much about, you know, Dylan Brooks or. Andrew Harrison or Darrell Martin, for that for that matter, they don't have to worry about those guys because they're not going to beat you. And if they do start to beat you, then so be it. You'll let that you know, you'll let that happen to sell out to Marcus Gasol, and that's what they were doing. Um, they were just selling out to the double team. You know, usually it was on the first dribble, but they were coming from you know and bring them different. Not usually they double team. You'll double off of you know off of one you know the same guy every time. Um, but they were bringing multiple different looks as far as for the double team. and so you know Mark didn't handle it well. Mark was like throwing passes like a like a crazy person just out of just to nowhere. I mean as soon as the double team was coming, he would wait entirely too long uh, for the double team to get there and then he would be crowded too much where he would just throw this crazy pass that didn't make it anywhere or you know for a turnover or whatever. It was just it was very strange. Um, and it was not like the double teams are coming from the backside where, you know, if he was in the post, they're coming from the backside where he can't see, um, see the double. There were a lot of times they were coming from the top side, um, or the same side as him and they're just coming to double down on him. And in that situation, you want to pass it right as the, you know, why right is the players about to get to you so that, you know, that person has to recover or you can get a repost into Marcus Gasol. Um, And by the time that guy's running back and forth, by the time you get that repost, you can make a quick move one on one and get to the basket without a double team. But he was just letting the person get there, uh, presumably to get someone wide open. But, you know, he's either he's waiting too long and they're slapping at the ball and he's throwing some crazy pass. And if he does pass it out to whoever he's going to pass it out to, they're not even shooting the ball. They're just pump faking and then passing to the next person, you know, playing hot potatoes. So, uh, Marcus All has to be better he has to understand that they're you know teams are going to focus on him because he is the you know him and Tyreek are, are the only real offensive weapons on a nightly basis and so teams are going to focus on him um, you know I don't know if there are a lot of teams how they're going to you know how they stop Tyreek because he can he's so dynamic at getting to the basket but Mark very he is a very singular player and he's very easy to bring a double team against so he has to understand that those guys are that those teams are going to focus on him and be able to um you know adapt and change and, and, and work out of the double team better, not get the ball stripped. So, you know, he, he has to be better. And he said it like I think I don't remember what game. I think it was his son's game. He says it like almost every time he has a bad game, he's gotta play better. But he never really plays better. So uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. Um, Andrew Harrison, speaking of which, is 15 points and, and same thing. He had 15 points, but it took him forever to get there. It took him 12 shots. I want to say that Andrew Harrison had the second most shot attempts on, a, on the team besides uh, Tyreek, which is it's something that should never happen. Like, Andrew Harrison should not be the one shooting 12 shots. You know, he took, took him... F- Twelve shots to get to fifteen points. You tell me how good that is. Uh, not very good. I'll answer the question for you. Um, but nonetheless, you, you know, you want him to, you want him to be active, but you don't want him shooting the threes. You don't want him shooting. You know, you know, he just, he just doesn't get to the basket very well. He doesn't finish under contact very well. You know, he did go to the free throw line several times, uh, which is why he had, you know, fifteen points. He, he got to the free throw line several times at the end of the game. So. Uh, another bright spot, though, Deontay Davis, 14 points and four rebounds off the bench. I thought was very good. Um, I thought that, that, that Deontay Davis played the offense the way you want him to play, the way you need him to play the offense, the way you want him to play the offense. And, and that and that's just getting – it's more of a Brandon Wright-esque kind of more athletic big where, you know, Tyreek's just throwing lobs at him. He's grabbing them and dunking him, um, and he's getting fast-break fast points, and he's running the floor. I mean – those are the type of offensive points and offensive possessions you need from Deontay Davis. You need him to rebound. You need him to run the floor, play good defense. You know, and then catch lobs. Like that's all you need. You do He doesn't have to be an integral part of the offense. He doesn't have to have a a one on one post game to be able to take guys and break guys down. That's not what you need from him. Uh, not at least not right now. And I don't think you he he will ever be that guy. But that's not what you need from Deonta. You need him to again run the floor. Be athletic, big, catch lobs, rebound, play defense, and I thought he did all of that. And I thought he did, he's done all of that pretty well in the past few games. And it's 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 come a long way since I criticized him pretty badly in summer league. And 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 I hope, and I've always said this, I hope that I was wrong. But he was so timid in summer league and, and in the first part of the season that he didn't feel like he wanted to shoot. And you know, and that's a lot of the reason he didn't play. Uh, but you know, seeing a guy out there that. You know that that is, knows his offense, knows his place in the offense, and that goes a lot with the Grizzlies' offensive running. You don't, you know, you don't want to ask Deontay to shoot mid-range jumpers over and over because he's he's not. I don't think he's confident at that. I don't think he's, and that's just not his type of uh, a game. And so uh, it was good to see him play better in the last few games, and especially 14 points, full four rebounds. That you you don't even need 14 points from him every game, but that it, it's one of those games you need eight, nine, you know, seven, eight, nine points from him every game consistently, and then if he bumps up to 14-1 game, 15-1 game, perfect, great, you'll take that. But that's not what you need. Uh, But good to see him getting better playing time. Uh, The only other thing about this game, Chandler Parsons was not good. Chandler Parsons has not been good in the past few games. Uh, He did not play against uh, the Suns uh, for rest. And, you know, he looked really winded. In the first part of the Lakers game, and I just don't know if resting him and not getting—I think he's only—he's only—I like, think he's still technically limited to 25 minutes. I haven't seen that around in a while, but he's not playing a—he's not playing a heavy minute load. I get it; they wanted they're being like extra, extra careful. But I don't know how much that does for Chandler Parsons when he can't get into any kind of rhythm. And he's not playing enough minutes to really get, you know, get into, into game shape, and then you sit him one night, and he's playing a game every four, not every three nights, four nights, I don't know how good that is for him to do, uh, on the, on the other hand, I don't know how good it is for him to play every night, play 30 minutes, because of his, you know, crappy needs, so, he take it good with the bad, I guess, uh, but he's not been good the past few games, um, so, so the Grizzlies won, uh, but, the good thing is that uh, the Hawks won, the Mavericks won, um, the Lakers won the previous night, and uh, yeah, the Lake, Lakers, Magic, Mavericks, and Hawks all won the past few nights as the Grizzlies did. So the Grizzlies are still, still technically the third worst basketball team in the in the league. So they're tied with I want to say the Lakers and the Magic at 11 wins. Um, they have one they they lost uh i think that the mavericks are the second worst team the hawks only have 10 wins or nine wins so um so they did win but good news if you're still into the old tanking option and and if you are great if you're not whatever uh they're still the third worst team in the league and that goes along i, I wrote a piece on grizzlybearblues.com and it went out yesterday i think i don't it's up there right now it's on the homepage Uh, go read it. I appreciate your, um, if you, if you take a look at it, but the, the, the basic gist is this, is that the Grizzlies, I think I said this on the last podcast, but the Grizzlies, they're tanking and they don't even know they're tanking. (laughs) Like they have, they have no idea they're tanking because they're just so bad at basketball. I mean, like half their roster should be on the, on a G league roster. So like whether you're supportive of tanking or whether you're not supportive of tanking, um, it doesn't matter because they're going to lose games. They're going to lose a lot of games. So it doesn't matter kind of what your thought is on tanking because they're tanking. They just don't know they're doing it. They're not like publicly saying, Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to tank. Um, But they're going ahead to do it because guess what? So let's have a few. Let's see. The Grizzlies are second to last in the league in points per game. Uh, They're the slowest team in terms of pace. That means as all this team in the summer, we, we heard this whole thing where, the grizzlies are going to be more athletic and there was going to be this pace and space. I know I was like I was saying it at the beginning of the year. Like there was this thing they had built this roster with, you know, the new additions and uh to be more athletic, to be get up and down the court more and and all these things. Like that's why they you know, that was why they got rid of Zebo and that's why they got rid of Tony because they didn't lend uh their you know, their style of play didn't lend to what the Grizzlies wanted to do. And and here we are sitting you know, what uh, 30 games in the 30 35 games in the season and uh the Grizzlies are the, lower, the, the slowest team in the league in terms of pace and so it's, it's just ironic that this like whole spiel the front office throws out there where um you know they're going to play faster and they're going to sign the guys to be more athletic and <laughs> they're still the, like the last in terms of pace. Uh they give up over 100 points a game so they're not very good defensively and I think we can all agree to that just by looking at the team. Uh, But in terms of defensive rating, I think they're like 18th or 19th right now in the league. So they're middle of the road, and then they're last in offensive ratings. So basically, they are middle of the road defense, and they can't score no points per game. I think they score like 96 or 97 points per game. Um, Not a whole lot when you're giving up over 100. Uh, When you're only scoring 96 and giving up over 100 points, you're not going to win very many games every single night that you play. Um, the Grizzlies are the worst, or one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. I think they're 27th or 28th. Um, they are 28th in assists per game. They are 28th in three-point percentage in the league, and they take the 15th most in the league. So they're one of the worst uh, teams that actually percentage a percentage of making three-pointers, but they take you know a average amount of a 15th in the league, uh, which makes no sense. Um, and then the, just the last one, they are like one of the worst. Uh, teams that foul the most in a league. So uh, in terms of fouls per game, they have like the third most, second or third most in a league, like every game. Uh, The playing defense without fouling is not something that lends well to them. I know like at least just the past two games, they had gotten themselves in the bonus and they committed like three or 14 fouls in the second, third quarter within like the first three minutes of the quarter, which is insane. Like there are teams that never commit that many fouls in a quarter and the Wizards are doing it and then within three and four minutes into the quarter and giving that, um, giving the, the opposition, you know, just basically extra points every time you foul them at that point, even if it's a loose ball foul, they're going to line for the next seven, eight minutes. So, you know, all those things, again, they, they average the worst in just about every category that you can average. Uh, that you that you can tra- that you can track on nba.com stats like they're averaging pretty much almost they're bad in like almost every one of them save for a few um so the Grizzlies whatever you want to whatever you think about tanking whatever that might be the grizzlies are bad so it doesn't matter doesn't matter if they're gonna tank doesn't matter if you, you hate tanking it doesn't matter if you think takings the wrong idea for the record it's the right idea um, but um, I'm on you know you got to be on board team tank because the the best case scenario for you is what even if you try to make the playoffs now you have to go on a like a 12 game winning streak just to get back in the conversation you don't have to skip just one team you got to skip like five or six teams I know I've said this on the last podcast but like there's still people out there to believe this that you can get back into the playoffs and yeah you might be able to like maybe but at the same time, like, what are you gonna do once you you're just gonna what finish eighth or ninth, or if you finish eighth, you get in the playoffs. You finish eighth, get knocked out in the first round, and get what the seventeenth pick in the league, in the draft. I mean, what does that do for you? Nothing. I put you in the same spot you were this, you know, same spot last year. As you are you are next year. So like, that doesn't do anything for you. At least if you're bad, you'll get a top pick, and you'll have that pick for the next for 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 eight years, um, and the. Highest percentage of you know getting the best players at the top of the draft. I mean, clearly that's how the draft works. But like, uh, there are still some people out there that just don't believe that. Like that the, the the best way to re, not, re, not necessarily rebuild, but most of the certain retool for next year is to get a really good player. And the easiest way to get a really good player is be really bad this year. It gets you the highest percentage of of lottery balls. Uh, you know to be able to have that first or second or third pick. And then if you do pick that guy, yeah, he might be a bust. I mean, there's a chance that he might be. A lot of top picks don't pan out. I mean, that's that's just how it works. But there's a lot that do. There's a lot of top five picks that are franchise players. And if they're not franchise players, they're all-stars or starters. I mean, there are a lot of top picks that are, you know, reputable NBA guys. And so that's the easiest, t- that's the easiest way to, to kind of retool and get back to, uh, the playoffs next year is to get a good guy, put him in your rotation next year, and hopefully let him flourish, uh, because then you have that draft pick for eight years. It's not like you know, you're gonna have the two-year first year, four two-year two uh, draft, and then a two-year team option, and then after that he's restricted. So you can match any you know if he's awesome, if he's a franchise player. You're gonna max him out. You're gonna match anything that anybody was gonna offer him anyway. And at that point, eight years, you're still not very good, and he, that guy's not very happy. It's not probably his fault. It's probably the management's fault. And you need a new front office. So if you get four, eight years down the line and that guy's good and just not happy and wants to leave in free agency because then he'll be an unrestricted free agent, then so be it. But pretending like, you know, it's not a good idea to get a top draft pick and to retool through the draft is just, it's just insane. It's just not right. It's not correct. Uh, but nonetheless, let's move on. Uh, injury update uh, Jamako Green. He's actually missed the last three games with a knee injury. Uh, the Grizzlies have not really said anything about this. So, um, status for the Warriors game this Saturday is unknown at this moment. Um, I don't really know anything other than that. I haven't gotten anything uh, email wise. I don't think anybody has from the Grizzlies about any injury update. I'm just pulling this from basketball reference. Um, Brandon Wright missed the last game with a quad injury. Uh, Again, status is unknown for uh, the Saturday's game. Uh, But, you know, Brandon Wright has been one of those guys that just, you know, he'll be hurt for a game or two games and then come back for three and be hurt for five and come back for 10. And he's just one of those guys that just is in and out. And just, I mean, it's never really, you know, he's never consistent. You can't count on him to be there in the lineup all the time. He's just, uh, for some reason, just not, he's just, for the Grizzlies anyway, his career has not been um for the Grizzlies duration of this contract with the Grizzlies has not been good. And so he's not one of those guys you can count on to be there. And so, you know, I'm I'm okay with seeing more Deontay Davis minutes in place of those Brandon Wright minutes. So, uh if he's out, he's out. I mean, at this point, like I don't I don't expect him to play. If he does, it's kind of like a bonus. It's like I don't expect Brandon Wright to play every time I go to the forum or every time I watch a game. If he does, it's just a bonus and that's cool. That's fine. Uh, let's see. Mike Conley, Seldon still have no update, so I have no idea uh, their status is. Mike Conley, again, I've said this. Uh, they said at one point that he would be reevaluated like the first week of January. I'd be surprised. I, I wouldn't expect Mike to play till like the third week in January, if if it all goes, if, if like if everything goes according to plan. But he it hasn't so far this season for Mike Conley, and so expecting that to happen is kind of. You know, it's kind of up in the air, and, and at the same time, I wouldn't, I would, I'd, I would wish they would just rest, you know, not rest, not rest them indefinitely, but just take your time. You know, like the Grizzlies are losing, they're bad. There's no reason to rush him back and and inhibit his future next year and the few years after that with the with the team. So like, you know, I know they're gonna try to rush him back because they want to get back to the playoffs, and that's just an idea. That they keep the front office keeps telling us that that they're gonna get back to the playoffs and they're gonna be competitive and it's just just it's just total bullshit. It, it's not it's not true. You're not gonna get back to the playoffs, even when Mike comes back. There's no telling he's gonna be great and he has wasn't wasn't good this year to start with. I expect him to be great because he's been great in the past, but you know again, hopefully they will take their time, you know, gradually bring him back because they're not gonna just I'm, I'm automatically just get back into the playoff race and sending Mike comes back again. You're going to have to be, you know, go 10, 12, 13, by the time you might have to go on a 15-game winning streak just to get back into the conversation, and I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't think that's any any indictment on Mike or Mark. I just think that's an indictment on the roster itself and the the people around them. I mean, they this idea that... Uh, the Grizzlies, you know, they like they signed Ben McLemore in the off season, and they had this, this he was like you know a ten million two year ten million until ten million deal, ten million a year deal. Let's say that right, but he has this contract, and they they have this whole big thing where he's gonna be the guy that has a, you know, a new shot, and you know he's gonna shoot the ball well, and it's gonna be the new wing for the Grizzlies, and he hasn't even played. I mean, he, he is a guy that the Grizzlies had this... The biggest free agent signing of, of last season, period. Like, that was what they hung their hat on is 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 Ben McLaur, Two-year, $10 million. And they have not even played him the past three games. He's gotten a DNPCD. And in the game before that, he played like eight minutes. In the game before that, he got a DNPCD. In the game before that, he played like seven minutes. So, like, they're not even playing him. The biggest free agent signing that you're billing as the biggest free agent signing of the summer not even getting minutes so that is a bust bust of all busts so they had this idea that they're gonna sign ben mclemore and then you know you're gonna bring other people along like chandler parsons is gonna be better and then uh you know uh, wayne selden's gonna come back jamaica green and all these you know these things they keep telling us and a lot of those guys most of those guys haven't penned out andrew harrison hasn't panned out Gerald martin hasn't penned out uh wayne selden's not even playing because he's hurt uh, Jamal green has been mediocre at best this year. I mean, all these things that have contributed to make this team really, really bad. Uh, But it starts with the roster they put together, and it starts the way they mismanaged the roster of the summer, having to cut guys because, uh, you know, having to trade guys and cut guys because the way they managed the roster, bringing Roddy over to her, list. just so many, just so many mistakes uh, have combined to put this team in a really bad position. And so the end is not anywhere in sight. It's not going to get any better, but it's going to only get worse, I think. But um, the one thing they can do to probably try to bolster their future is trade Tyreek Evans. Now, trading Tyreek Evans is, seems like a foregone conclusion because he is the best player on her team, scoring 25, 30 points a night, rebounding the ball, throwing out assists. I mean, he's doing everything. Like I talked about it earlier, Uh, he is doing everything. And he is the one person that is a tradable asset without having to attach anything else to it. Now, a lot of the other assets the Grizzlies have, like an Andrew Harrison or a Jarrell Martin, those type of assets you probably might have to attach, like Jarrell and Andrew together, or uh, Jarrell and Brandon Wright, or Andrew and Brandon. Like You're going to have to attach something to that trade to get a team to bite on it. Because by itself, it's not that good of a trade. It's not It's not enticing enough because the player is just either meh or not very good or maybe a project they think they can, you know, another team think they can, they can do a better job than the Grizzlies have. And a lot of times that happens. Players go other, other places and they're better somewhere else than on the Grizzlies because the Grizzlies don't really, uh, how do you say... They don't really uh, bring players along very well, you know. They they don't really uh, make players better. They just kind of get here and they're just mediocre. Um, so trading Tyreek Evans is the one thing they can the Grizzlies can do is the one asset that they have that they can trade without having to attach something else to that. Now, if you attach something like Mark Gasol to it then the trade becomes even better because Marcus Gasol is, not, is also is the only other player you know, besides Mike, but they're not trading Mike. Marcus Gasol is the only other player that they could trade. They would have to attach an asset to or another player or something else to, to that trade um, to get something, but to get what they want or what they think they should get, they probably will have to attach another player or asset. So trading Tyreek is the best, it is it is the best case scenario for the grizzlies to bolster the team in the short term um he's playing like crazy they did not think they would have this he's he he is doing things they did not think they would have and so now he's he's only on a one year deal and he's um so he's in a contract year so end of the year he's leaving regardless i mean he he is leaving because the Grizzlies cannot pay him what they want to pay him i mean like the way the cap works there's just what he's going to command in the offseason, the Grizzlies will not have the money to do it. They will not have the money to do it, and they cannot go over the cap to do it because they do not have his bird rights. And his bird rights are, um, it comes from a a deal that Larry Bird did, I think like 80, I want to say like 83, I don't know, something a long time ago. But uh, basically the bird rights are this. The Grizzlies are 18, can go over the cap to sign a player if they have his bird rights to play. The player gets, the way they get his bird rights is for playing... For that team, three years or longer, having a contract three years or longer with that team. So since Tyreek doesn't have a three-year or longer contract, he only has a one-year deal, the Grizzlies do not own his bird rights. So they don't own his bird rights. They cannot go over the cap to sign him. And since they will not have the cap space to give him what he will command this offseason, playing like he's playing, they should trade him. And they should trade him right now. Like If they have a deal lined up tomorrow, they should pull the trigger on it. Because the way he's playing right now, I'm not entirely sure this production will last all season. Because he's he he hasn't he's having a career year in, in every aspect of his, of his game. I mean, he's shooting the ball like crazy. He's shooting the ball well from three, better than he's been playing pretty much his entire career. So the the value for Ty- Tyreek Evans is as as at its highest right now as it's ever going to be. And if he gets hurt, or if the production just drops off, or For any other reason, you know, the value will plummet, and it will plummet quickly, especially if he were to get hurt because that's his biggest thing is, like, him not being able to stay healthy. So if he gets hurt, I mean, the value of Tyreek Evans will just drop immediately. So trading Tyreek Evans right now is the best-case scenario for the Grizzlies to get the most, the maximum return they can for him. Who that trade partner might be, I'm not sure. I'd have to look and see who needs a wing scoring type, it would probably be someone you know, someone that's going to be in the playoffs most definitely to help put them over the edge, You know, like a Cleveland Cavaliers have, has been thrown out there. Not sure if they would do that, but someone like that who's definitely going to be in the playoffs that might need that extra scoring off the bench because that's where he's going to be at wherever he goes is going to be coming off the bench. I don't think the production doesn't drop off that quickly. If he doesn't get hurt, if he stays healthy, I think he'll continue to play like this because he knows that it's a contract year. He knows he's basically just trying out for another team. He knows that the trade is coming or that it doesn't. He's just going to get paid this summer and he's going to get paid this summer regardless of where he goes. And that's that's kind of the stickler for 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 teams that are looking for trades with Tyreek is that it, it is a one-year deal. So it would have to be to a place where like they could probably re-sign him in the summer where they think they could keep him, you know, longer term than just a rental. Uh, especially, if they're going to give up assets to get him, and so that is one thing you'd have to look at for trade partners when you're looking at trade partners for Tyreek. Is can they re-sign him this summer? Will they have the Caps space to re-sign him this summer? Because whoever they trade him to, they won't have the bird rights to Tyreek either. Bird rights are are traded when a player, you know, they're traded with the player when the player is traded. So the the fact that he's on the one-year deal doesn't have bird rights like that. The Cavs won't be able to go. The Cavs wouldn't be able to go over, over the cap to sign him either. So that that's kind of that's kind of the, the the nutshell of trading Tyreek. Now they should trade him again. They, they whatever offer they have, trade him to, to for the best available one out there immediately, as soon as possible. Because they're not getting any better. He's just scoring thirty points on a losing basketball team. That's about it. Um, but the other the other the other. Part of that is 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 will the Grizzlies trade him? Um, making the smart move has not ever been one of the Grizzlies' forte, especially their front office. They they don't really make the how do I say this? They don't really make the like move this like right in front of your face. Like like everybody knows like that is even remotely a Grizz fan. Like oh, trading Tariq is probably the best case scenario. Like that's like right in front of your face, and a lot of times they just don't make that move, and so. I'd be I'd I'd be I will be surprised if they do it because I just don't think they I think that they think that they're going to get back into the playoffs they're going to be competitive this year whether one Mike comes back doesn't get back in the playoffs they're going to be competitive I think that they think that they're going to keep Tyreek and either trade pieces around him trade other trade other players to get to the get to the part where they can keep him next season so. They're going to keep him, you know, all year, and then maybe trade other other younger players, other maybe a Brandon Wright contract that's five million. You know, some of those things that come off the, like, you know, they're come off the books anyway, or things like that. They might be able, to, they they think that they might be able to move other pieces around to be able to sign him in the in in the uh, off season. But I'm not sure that's possible. I, I don't know. I'm just not sure it's possible. I think the Grizzlies for the future they need assets. They traded away. They traded away a lot of their assets in different trades, um, and, and so they don't have they don't have a whole lot of draft picks coming up, and they don't have a whole lot of young players that are like you look at and say, yep, yeah, that's the future of the franchise right there." So, again, I will be surprised if they do trade Tyreek, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, but it is the right thing that they, they that is exactly what they should do, pulling the trigger on that trade should be the a no brainer for them. Best trade available. Just tell everybody he's a, you know, tell every team is available. Bring your trade offers and just pick the best one and roll with it. So uh we'll we shall see how that stacks up. Uh next quizzes game is on Saturday against the Warriors. So um, that's probably a scheduled loss. It's uh I believe I believe that's in I believe that's in Oracle. Um if I'm not mistaken uh anyway uh the grizzlies again they're, the plan saturday against the warriors so we'll, we'll see how that goes um probably a scheduled loss and a- until uh until next time we're gonna uh, wrap this show up that uh, it's been uh it's been a good show uh, until next time probably probably next week sometime I, you know, i'm going on vac- i'm going on vacation next week so i might try to squeeze another podcast in sunday night uh but until next time uh again i'm mark king you can follow me at king underscore producer. You can follow the pod at 3 Pod. Make sure you go follow both of those on Twitter. And make sure you keep up with the show. Keep up with me. Uh, ask me questions on Twitter. I'll try to respond to those uh, either on Twitter or in the podcast. Uh, make sure you subscribe in our iTunes feed, uh, wherever you get your podcast. See you next time.